Hey everyone, this is Paul Siegel, and you're listening to Wandering DMs. Wandering DMs comes to you live every Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern, and you can catch us on twitch.tv slash wanderingdms, or youtube.com slash wanderingdms slash live. And now, on with the show. Hi everyone, welcome to Wandering DMs. I'm Paul. And I'm Dan, and on this episode of Wandering DMs, we're going to be talking about natural healing in D&D. If you don't have a cleric for some reason, how long will it take your character to heal up? And did you know that this answer has exponentially changed over the editions of D&D? All that and more today on Wandering DMs. But before we get into it, as always, I'll remind everyone that at the end of the show, we have our after-party chat. Uh, that is a one-hour-long uh, video chat between Dan and I and all of our patrons over on our Discord server. That happens at 2 p.m. Eastern today, and you can join in by visiting us at patreon.com slash DMs and becoming a patron. Join at any tier, you'll get an invite to the Discord server, and you can join in on the chat. We always look forward to that. So I actually um, had a blog article on my uh, uh, Delta's D&D hotspot a number of years ago about natural healing where I digged into this because I, I feel that it, it's important for a number of reasons. And yes, my own campaigns don't have clerics, have um, some somewhat, you know, not, in, not infinite healing available all the time magically. Um, so it's on my mind. It's on my mind for war game type things. But why? Why? I mean, Paul, you suggested this idea. Why did? Why did you suggest this today? <laughs> this was all days? A, this was an absolute last minute add to our show, um, and uh, it comes from a couple different a couple different areas. Um, and you know, the funny thing is, uh, when I suggested it, not you know, an hour or two ago, <laughs> I was uh, searching for our, in our back episodes, I was thought, surely we've talked about this before. Surely we have. Maybe we touched on it lightly with clerics or something like that, but I guess not. Uh, but it's on my mind, one, because um, I was watching Games from the Elder Times uh, recently, and I watched you, Dan, do uh, what you regularly do, which is when you're recuperating between adventures, you rest to regain all your hit points. And I believe... Uh, Pool of Radiance gives you one hit point per day. End of story. Mm -hmm. And so you were, had rested for 35 days <laughs> at the end. A nice, a nice month respite of sitting around the inn for your for your party, which just strikes me as very amusing. I'm definitely in the habit when I play that game of just casting all my cure light wounds, rememorizing, casting again, rememorizing. It's an arduous process when you're higher level, but you know it minimizes the number of game days you spend, but does that matter in that game? Eh, who cares? I don't think it does, yeah. which is why I follow, if I yeah. found it on the interface easier to just like dit, 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 this many days and bam. Um, if, yeah. if, if it made any difference at all in the game, I, I wouldn't be able to do that, obviously. Yeah. And then, and then reason number two, uh, actually, embarrassingly, over the weekend, uh, I myself sustained an injury. I have uh, uh, broken my wrist, super fun, and I am now waiting for the natural healing to kick in. And I'll be probably waiting about that same 35 days. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you go. I'm really yeah. sorry to hear that, Paul. That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> that sucks. So um, uh, where should we? I, I feel like I want to. Okay, so I, I feel like I want to just get the, 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 the headline out of the way. 
of um, with with uh, the, the 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 little bit of research of me scanning all the different editions of D and D a while back. Uh, my blog has. I made, I made, hey, I made a spreadsheet. Dan made a spreadsheet. What? <laughs> right. And then there, and there was a chart. So uh, yeah. maybe you could maybe we could pull up that that conclusion, and then we can dig into into more details as we go on. So here are here's me taking the the natural healing rates through the editions different editions of D and D from original zero to first and second and third and 3.5 and fourth and fifth and also BX is, is thrown in there at one point. And I was really surprised at how almost perfectly this is an exponential progression. And the mm -hmm. chart version at the bottom, you notice that the Y axis is logarithmic. So the lines are going one times one for the original D&D healing rate and then times 10 in the next line up is times 100. And uh, you all you have a pretty close to a perfectly straight line on this logarithmic chart, indicating that you've got exponential in increase. So if you take um, if you take original D and D's healing rate as uh, as factor one, first edition was basically double that. BX was times four that. Second edition was times six. Third edition was up to times eighteen. Um, and then once you get to uh, fourth or fifth edition, the healing rate is now approximately 100 times what it was originally. Fascinating. Now, we've also tracked, I think, that, that hit points in general have bloated over the editions, right? The total number of hit points any character can expect to have has increased. But I don't think exponentially. There you go. Not at this rate. It's similar to like comparing the um, the inflation rate, uh, like like the normal inflation rate to how much college expenses have increased. Right. Yes, mm. they're both they're both being inflated. But one, namely, in this case, the natural healing rate has far outstripped the other one. So uh, characters in like today in fifth edition, they don't have a hundred times the hit points that uh, original yeah. D D characters had. They have quite a bit more, but it's it's not a hundred times it. But the human yeah. rate is. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Um, sorry, I'm being uh, amused here by our our chat. Um, you know, I, I mentioned that you know by the normal um, uh, healing rate that that I saw you happening in first edition AD and D is basically right, right? I had four to six weeks of wearing the splint. Hopefully I'll mm -hmm. be okay. I'm trying to, yeah, I'm trying to get the. I was trying to stall there and get the interface up here to, um, um, get this comments. Uh, get uh, Jerry's Is comments up Jerry's? on screen. And should, it's, I, should I put yeah, Jerry's yeah, on yeah, screen? Yeah, yeah, go okay. ahead. I don't know. So what's our viewer Jerry McConnell is saying. So Paul, if we were living in fifth edition, your wrist would be healed by the end of the video. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Which seems reasonable to me. Um, uh, you know, because <laughs> I, because so I'm little sure little. you all want to know. All, all about my wrist. Uh, here you go. I have a uh, small fracture, what? an undisplaced fracture to my triquetrium, which is uh, one of the carpal bones. And if you can see it in that X-ray, good on you, because I can't find it. <laughs> if anyone's, is there, is there a doctor in the chat? Can we get a <laughs> or a radiologist? This is, this is a minor, right? This is a minor small fracture that you may not, you may or may not need to go to an orthopedist for, and yet still, this is going to take multiple weeks to heal. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that that is interesting, right? Like that's. I feel like every time we talk about 
hit points. Wow, why, why is this not loading? Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. I'm going to stop being distracted by that. Um, <laughs> you know, when we talk about um, recovery of hit points, um, you know, I, I feel like oftentimes you hear this argument distilled down to the idea of like, well, of course, you know, a point-based system is ridiculous. It doesn't really like apply to real life. And that most real human injuries, you know, are either, you're either fine, like in a day, in a month, or, or you're dead. Right. <laughs> right. Like, um, so I feel like, you know, so there's some arguments, I think, for for the, the faster healing rate in the later games of just like, yeah, they're minor injuries. You know, they may not be gone, but they're overcomable, you know, within a day. I don't know. I don't know that I want to be swinging a sword with my wrist like this. Doesn't doesn't feel right. Right. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. 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 I, I must admit that my uh, my uh, my uh, <clears throat> my intuition on the subject does doesn't line up with how mm. current editions handle it. I let me just. I want to look at just to, just to nail this home. I want to look at and you you were asking for where is this right before we got mm -hmm. on on the line. Actually, I wanted to look at the original the original healing rule in uh, original D&D. So you, you crack open the books in 1974 and um, and I have this as, as, a, as a featured image here with an orange dot there. Um, yep. And so if you, you crack open the books to 1974, uh, little brown books, it's, it, it's, it's almost the very last thing. It's, all, it's, it's funny because it's almost the very last thing in the books. There's the player's book, the monster's book, the DM's book. You go all the way to the end of that and the second to last page has this very brief paragraph on healing wounds that says, as noted previously, why is he starting with this? Energy levels that were drained from undead uh, can only be grain, gain, regained by fresh experience. Okay, but common wounds can be healed with the passage of time or the use of magics already explained. On the first day of complete rest, no hit points will be regained. But every other day thereafter, one hit point will be regained until the character is completely healed. This can take a long time. Now, you know, I will point out that I misread this for a long time. I, For a long time, I actually misread this and read this as day one of complete rest, you get nothing, and then every day after that, you get one. And then I came back to this and read it more carefully and was like, no, this is saying that every every even-numbered day after you start resting, um, you, only, you only get one hit point back every second day of oh. rest. So oh, I didn't read it that way. That's right? an but every yeah, other right? Are, how right? Are you sure? How did how did you come to that? I'm pretty <laughs> sure. That's how I mean. That's what yeah. every other day means, right? So not not this day, yeah. right? I mean, you can you can see how you can read it every every you can read it either way. But yeah, to, yeah. to my idea, yeah, my, it's, I, it's every alternate oh, day. Fascinating, fascinating. Until right. you said that, I was definitely reading it as none on the first day, one hit point per day thereafter. Right, right. But this is mm. to, to me. This is reading it as every odd day. So anyway, you, you could you could interpret it either way. But but the way I'm currently reading, you're actually only getting half a hit point back per day from complete rest. Yeah. Is the original yeah. rule. Mm. Now, mm. once you and and if you look it's, at you know, and then if you if you go forward to other editions, basically it keeps accelerating in every single edition. So in yep. first edition. The rule is clearly the basic rule is you do get one hit point per day of rest. And then there's kind of a modification for, for long term healing. And then 
in second edition, it adds this, it starts distinguishing between one point per day of like of normal rest, which then they redefined as like light work. You can walk around, you can ride a horse, that counts as rest. But if you have complete bed rest is a different thing. And then you get three hit points pack per day. Now you notice that that's very different from original D&D that already had the phrase complete rest, even for the half yeah, a point yeah. per day rule, right? So at this point, you've, you've multiplied that by about six. And then you go forward to third edition, and then it becomes you, it still has the, the the same two distinctions, the the um, you know the light work rest. Now you're getting one point per day per level. So if you're if you're if you're sixth level, you're getting six hit points per day, and then hmm. uh, you and then it's and then it's increased for the complete bed rest situation. Um, and then of course you you come forward to fourth edition, and basically the rule, is, to my understanding, is by fiat. You can you, you a, a combat ends. You take a short rest, and you can actually heal up to twice your normal hit points through the course of a day, basically just by declaring it more or less. Um, so you can lose all your hit points, go back to full, lose all your hit points again, go back to full again, just naturally on any particular day. Um, and you know something similar-ish. You can in fifth edition, you can basically regain all your hit points naturally in one day. Fifth edition certainly gets very strange with the whole concept of hit dice of healing and how they're right. used, right? And actually, I feel like maybe that was introduced in fourth, right? Wasn't it? I don't, I don't remember. Uh, but um, I, I believe not fourth. You, the, every character has um, uh, a healing boost that they can just naturally use on their own. So if anything, right. fifth edition actually came off the peak a little bit by requiring some kind of trigger for that. Right, but it's still a healing tied surge, to the right? Fifth, fourth yeah, edition yeah. has a healing surge rule that they can use right. on demand. Right. Thanks, William. Right, right, but fifth edition introduces this concept of you have a certain number of hit dice that are a resource that you can use for healing, and then they only come back after resting, and this is a short rest or a long rest. And but but I, if I recall, and it's been a while since I played fifth, but I recall that basically a long rest re gives you everything, right? Like you're just you're fine after what uh, one whole day of rest correct all yeah with yeah. one uh, long rest uh, of eight or more hours all your hit points are healed and uh, you also regain half of your hit dice for the short-term healing there you go that's uh pretty generous yeah it is yeah it is yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so it's interesting that fifth, you know, the fifth edition DM's guide has um, optional rules wherein the DM can possibly redefine what short-term and long-term rest means in fifth edition, actually. So mm -hmm. I think there's a version of whatever it is, like <clears throat> cartoonish D&D, &D, where uh, the, the, the short rest is like one minute and the long rest is an hour, uh, or gritty D&D, &D, in which the short rest is overnight and the long rest is a week, I think, or something like that. Um, and I think if I, like if I were running a fifth edition campaign myself, like that's actually not the least elegant rule in the world. The fact that you can yeah. rescale that to taste is actually kind of elegant, actually. Um, yeah. Even the yeah, hardcore rule doesn't isn't super realistic to me, but yeah, I use that. admittedly, I've, I've never actually seen anyone use that. I've never seen a game yeah. where they redefined the the resting duration, but it is an interesting idea. I mean, it comes down to, I think, 
I feel like what 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 we're really seeing here is a push pull between realism and you know fun, right, or gameplay, right? It's it's the classic like yeah. golden rule, right? Yeah, fun. Yeah. But, but here's here's the point, right? Right? You have like realistically, yes, it should take a month for of rest for to recuperate from whatever wounds you got during combat. Uh, yeah. But on the other hand, you know, does that screw with your campaign, especially if it's if you if you have I feel like this comes out most when the players are have a disparate experience, right? You've got some players who are wounded and some who are fine. And then they say, well, we need to rest to regain our hit points. Okay, it's going to take a month. Oh, no, a month of game time. What is my character who's fine going to do during that month of sitting around doing nothing? Right. And then and then I feel like if you explore that too much, the game starts to spiral. Right, you end up in this weird, like you're you're inventing content that only part of the party can participate in, and then other players are just being punished and removed from the game because they're healing and they don't want to, you know, lose that. Um, and like we all agree, if we just took a step back and thought about it for a second, like you know what, game time is irrelevant, right? It is an infinite resource that we can just spend. If we just all agree a month passes, then a month passes. Like let's <laughs> let's chill out here, right? But I think a lot of players get anxious about game time elapsing like that. And they think, oh, no, that's bad, right? I'm not, I don't know, it's just some opportunity loss there of I could have done things in that game time. But I don't know, does it matter? So, so I totally run it like your second suggestion here is absolutely how I run it uh, in my own games. And we are pretty liberal about hand waving, and and you know it's it's a reason why I'm I'm very comfortable uh, when I'm playing Pool of Radiance of just dialing up. Great, got to rest for thirty five days. Click 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 click. Bam. Yep. And um, I just sit back for a minute and watch that tip go by. So I'm very comfortable <laughs> with that. That actually is how I run uh, my D and D games. And my argument has been that the fast healing actually screws up the campaign more than anything else. And um, I don't, Paul, I don't need to repeat to you that, of course, careful time records are indispensable for a, a meaningful <laughs> campaign. But, you know, what I, one thing I really don't like in D&D campaigns is, you know, we've gone from peasant to Lord of the Dominion from level one to level 15 in a single campaign year, right? And I mm. find that um, by using realistic healing rates, there's a specific reason why I as DM get to declare you guys haven't done anything for two months. And mm -hmm. there's, a, there's, there's a more, you know, outside the magical dungeon campaign, um, there's, there's a more reasonable uh, texture to time passing in the campaign because there's a specific reason why I can say months have passed, a year has passed, several years have passed in the game and things aren't happening at a cartoonish rate campaign-wise. So for me, the, um, the slower healing um, improves the texture of my campaign, and I feel that the, the, the fast healing is one of the things that actually, that actually damages my sense of a reasonable campaign. Hmm. Fascinating. And that's one of the reasons I dug into this from my blog, actually, of like, what is reasonable? How much has it changed? Uh, and, and I feel like this is one of the things that's changed the most. There are very few rules you can point into to, in, at D&D that have changed weirdly, routinely, by times 100 over the different editions. And so I wanted to, like, make a, a knowledgeable choice about where to dial it in. 
and um, you know something on the scale of the early rules matches. As you're saying, if I look up medical research, a minor wound, a minor wound will take like three weeks. Is the is the the estimate a a second degree burn? Right, you're not you're not you're not going to die from that, but a second degree burn will take three weeks. Right, as mm-hmm. as you're dealing with Paul, like a, a a broken bone, and I've had several broken bones. Will take for me it takes about six weeks. Could take more for something worse. So it's something on that order of around a month. Um, um, make, makes my makes my campaign kind of kind of chug at about the right rate, frankly. Hmm. Interesting. And it's another so what, so reason what, why I like not having clerics. I actually, I mean, what again, are you? What are you using? What, which, which we talked about all the different rules and the different versions. Which, what are you using for your campaign right now? Okay, it is a little bit customized. And if uh, you go to uh, the original edition Delta uh, cursory rules, like this is in the DM's guide, the healing rules are all in the DM's guide, so I put it there. Um, or our uh, original edition Delta expanded uh, online at the moment. Um, the rule is your uh, level in hit points per week. Level per week. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And okay, so, so. Felt, let me just make sure that I haven't adjusted that and forgot about it. <laughs> so I do feel I actually liked the third edition um, idiom. Like the the problem with the the problem with the with the first edition era, you know, one hit point per day is that the higher the level you are, the sicker you are for longer, right? So yeah, yeah. a first level fighter will at most be healing for five days. Whereas a high level fighter might actually have to heal up for a, for a month. Um, mm. uh, which, so there's, there's something wonky about that. So I actually do like the third edition idea that you scale it to level. So uh, basically a fighter of any level taken from top to minimum takes about the same time to heal up. And that having been said, um, uh, uh, having, having, having that time be about a month felt right to me. And um, if you're if if a fighter's hit dice are d8, then on average it's a four. And you're you're if you're getting back your level every week should take about four weeks generally. So that's why I scaled it like that. Yeah, your level I guess it's plus your con bonus each week I have, and that's for complete rest in a comfortable setting. That's not riding around. Mm-hmm. So it's about if you take so for what it's worth, like um, that. So it winds up being about what you would get in original D&D for a hero, for a fourth level fighter. Mm. Mine's about being the same, the same thing, and I, I don't mind that. It is, it is nice to have an excuse to advance the in-game clock, I think. And, and I'm trying to remember now what, what occurred during the... This is so long ago, but I'm trying to remember what occurred during the, the streamed birthday came when we were doing Dyson's delve did did we did we see months passing i feel like we probably did right did we have i feel like there were probably cases where you went back to town and were like great now we're going to spend a month in town just resting right um which was always a fascinating challenge for me as dm not 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 in a bad way but in just a very fast interesting way of like oh oh i have a month i gotta like right and that's almost the downside of like how easy it is to just hand wave and go, okay, a month passes. But I'm like, oh wait, I gotta I gotta look at all the villains and all the creatures and all the how you left things and think, what would they do in a month? And why doesn't their activities in that month include screwing with the players? 
Uh, I hear that. And of course, you know, if you go, if you really dig into that um, and you, for example, dig into Dave Arneson's uh, Final Fantasy campaign rules, um, you really ought to play out every single hex in your entire campaign world should have a monster lair and you should fight out the monsters attempting to expand in one of the adjacent hexes um, every month or every season, I guess. So, um, um, uh, so I appreciate Paul. I appreciate you, Paul, taking up that burden um, on, the, on the DM side of the screen. Uh, that that is, I will I will confess, most of the time that's something that I'm happy to go. I don't care. <laughs> you, the month is over. You guys tell me what you want to do. Yeah, you don't you don't adjust anything of what's what's occurred. I don't know. Honestly, I seem to remember. Yeah. I seem to remember cases. I, I don't. I don't know if this is I can't, again. I can't remember if this is the birthday game or not. But I definitely, definitely had in, in cases where the players come in, wipe out most of the monsters of like a given faction, but they leave behind you know somehow a handful of the you know, leadership escapes, and then they go and rest for a month. And I go, uh, now I what? What does my Goblin King and his personal guard do now that his entire clan has been wiped out. <laughs> what does he do? Yeah, yeah, reasonable. Yeah. And I feel yeah. like, and and you know, for what it's worth, right? The first edition DM's guide has like a two-page section on this question, uh, and, and it's specifically um, uh, a characters assault a location, and there's like six different examples or something like that. Assault a location, withdraw, come back. I don't know, in, in, in a week or two or something like that. What, what, is, what is the reaction from the monsters? And, um, and, it, and it varies by type of monster, right? So if it's like a bunch of mindless skeletons, literally nothing. Um, and yep. then up to, if it's, a, if it's an outdoor wilderness baron's castle, they hired a more army or got the nearby baron to send reinforcements. Um, and I feel like, um, you know, you can come up with something hopefully efficient, right? Something not super burdensome of, I, I think my, my, my tendency tends to be either they, they, they run away and they're gone hmm. or add some more monsters or they, they recruited some more. And I feel that those are generally my two go-to things of either if they're so completely depleted that it doesn't make sense and they just disappear, maybe they take the treasure with them. Um, and, and if not that, maybe add some more monsters. And that's the, honestly, that's about as, involved as i get with it because i want i do want the game at the table to to proceed at a pretty good clip pace wise and i don't want the players to wait around for me to decide that and you know what if the players push me as dm if the players are on the ball and they organize their characters and they go yep we're going right back right now good and i'm uh left flat-footed as dm good for the players i, yeah. I if you're playing with i encourage you to, to, to push me as DM and prevent me from coming up with something sinister, frankly. D mm. Do that. Right. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm I, happy to play with that. Yeah, I guess I, I feel like I have, and this possibly comes up, again, we're in such a tension here, I'm sorry, but um, when I think about Dyson's Delve, I think that um, I'm pretty sure, as you know, I did like a fairly deep analysis of the various factions in that, in that um, dungeon. So when you end up with a group who has maybe had a powerful stance amongst the different factions get whittled down, I find it is interesting to look at that and think, well, how has the power shifted, right? Which faction is in charge now? 
did the faction that get got near eliminated do have they pledged allegiance to one of the other factions because they're so weakened right are they still trying to rebuild in some way what's going on and i like i like to try and answer those questions especially if i'm given okay well a month of game time has passed and i look at it and go okay well what's what's changed um but hopefully it's you know hopefully you've done enough research and enough note taking that you can look at it and it doesn't take more than a minute or two right Totally that's, reasonable. That's, that's it tends to be something that I get a little bit more involved with if we have a break, right? So if we if if it's yeah. a if it's a, a session break and I have a week to think about it, I might get a little bit more involved with it. But if it's happening midway through a game at the table, I'm happy to just like push push forward. And like you 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 got me, guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you if you're willing to just hand wave the the the, the month, I'm you know that's that's to your advantage. Mm -hmm. So we're a little off track. So slightly off track. So so yeah. the, the natural healing issue, which has led us to this point, and someone at the start—I don't know if you want to dig into this, Paul. Um, who was it right at the start? It, it was Jerry, right? So Jerry McDonald, right before we got started with the show today, uh, was was on the ball. Like I'm talking about. See, Jerry's the kind of player that I'm talking about. Frankly, um, <laughs> said before anyone says anything. I just want to say that you can't do healing right until you know what a hit point is. And and nobody knows what a hit point is, is what is Jerry's point. So as, as we're talking about regaining hit points through natural healing, um, this usually does uh, uh, slide into a debate about what hit points are. And that could be potentially contentious and someone might get injured today. So I'm a little <laughs> trepidatious about bringing it up, but I feel like we should probably address the uh, the elephant in yeah. the room with yeah, that. Let's talk about so it. Dan, are what's, hit points what's a hit something point? that requires a month to heal, or is it something that's you can it's just like you 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 knock knock your breath out? So and and I'll say I'll say for me right I have I have I have a different intuition than most modern players do right, and and this has evolved with how easily hit points can come back in modern games. And so obviously the, 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 the modern consensus interpretation is that hit points just aren't physical. They're, they're fatigue is, or, right. or something like that. They're basically fatigue and you just need to catch your breath. Um, but for me, um, uh, you know, th there's a reason for the terminology, <clears throat> hit points, uh you know were initially you know the word hit the, the phrase hit points were picked because it represented getting hit and um and and it you know it, it's it's evolved to uh the, some people might not interpret that anyway but that's obviously where the origin comes from and this is a point you know this is also a point that i like to make a lot in the math classes that i teach actually is the terminology is not picked to be esoteric and cryptic right when when the, when the terminology the first day this terminology was used it was probably used in the natural language sense if you, if you dig into it there's a very clear obvious reason why this language is is saying what it is um and hit you know the, the phrase hit points meant that you were hit and um you know taking damage wasn't a technical term it was you took damage like we would talk about a human taking i've been damaged Right. Yeah. Um, so to me, a hit is actually getting hit to a certain extent. And there are some particular examples, like in the first edition text, that um, that's, that sticks in my head 
um, to, to bolster that idea. So for me, anytime hit points go down, you you actually got tagged with some kind of possibly my at least minor physical injury that you need to heal up later. It's for me, it's yeah, never I mean, I mean, you could you could um, you could argue right that that you know if you ignore the, the the points part of hit points, right? Yeah, I could see how it formulated from just like you've taken a hit. Oh, how many hits can I take? Right? Like that's mm -hmm. yep. yeah. Oh, I guess let's put a number on it, right? Okay, great. Um, and I and I and I also I think I recall maybe this is silly, but I I recall um, it's maybe some some Rollmaster books or other books that came out that were trying to be you know work with D and D without naming D and D because they didn't want to get sued, and so they used other terminology there of of hits or hit. I want to say HTK showed up at some point. I can't right, hits to kill. Uh, a lot, a lot hits of early stuff uses the phrase "hits to kill." Yep. There you go. There you go. Right. I think. I think. Arnest so I generally, I generally agree with you um, here. I will say, I do assume that the damage that you get from losing hit points are not major injuries of any kind. We're not talking broken bones. We're not talking limb loss. We're not talking any kind of, you know, major, you know, issues that one could imagine are maybe not not recoverable at all or would require yeah. significant significant healing. Now, personally, I do that because I have a system for that. I actually, uh, and I'm sure folks have seen this on my blog, that uh, the, the buffer I put in between players hitting zero hit points and death is that once you're in zero hit points, you start taking critical wounds. And for me, critical wounds are a chart that you're rolling on to see like, okay, you broke your arm, you, you know, your foot got chopped off. They're, they're really bad. They're very, very bad things. Right? And then possibly things that require more than just a month of rest, you know, and, and getting your hit points back. Things that are like, oh, you know, I, I, I got my whole arm chopped off. How do I recover from that? That, in fact, became a whole plot point in my game because there is no mechanic for recovering lost limbs in any <laughs> version of TNT as far as I can find. Maybe the more modern ones have it. But, um, yeah. But in the older stuff, it just doesn't come up. It, yeah, yeah, I feel that. And it bears remarking on, uh, you know, if, if people haven't played the early editions, that, that throughout, um, you know, original D&D and also BX, right? And technically, even in first edition ADD, the core rule was simply death at zero. Right. You, even yep. in first edition, the core rule was you hit zero hit points and you're just dead. You're expired. Technically, um, you know, we we're all familiar from first edition that you could go into negative hit points on a negative 10. But technically, that was an optional rule. Um, and and e even the most generous uh, text in first edition is that you can remain living from a hit that takes you down to negative three. Right, and then you start dropping from that point. But technically, even the the most generous optional optional rule in first edition, if you if you get a hit and go down to negative four, you're supposed to be just dead. Um, and of course, uh, so many of us were soft on our player characters that we all just started playing that everybody has to go down to negative ten before you're actually dead. And that was the core rule as of second edition. And something like that, you know. Now, of course, you have death saves. So, uh, you know, Paul, your instinct to have something step in at zero other than immediate death was is, is certainly in the ballpark. And yep. many of us have that instinct that something should be happening there. 
if I if I can if I can take us on yet another tangent here, maybe it's an tangent, maybe it's related. Like personally, I do not like death saves. I do, and I do not like negative hit points. I don't like anything where zero still means you're knocked out of the fight, and now you have some kind of timer or some kind of elapsed amount of time, or you know whatever it is, extra hits, what have you, before you die. And the reason for that is I want players to experience that moment where they realize my character is in mortal peril, but I could still maybe do something about it. Right? it. So I, that's why I have the system of when you get to zero hit points, we start rolling on a chart for terrible, grievous wounds, mm -hmm. which are, are awful, and players don't like mm -hmm. them. Yes, I don't want you to like them. They're terrible. Um, but your, your player is probably still conscious. Your character is probably still conscious, possibly even still ambulatory. So you can, you can have a moment, and you can make a decision. Do I run? Do I stick it out? Do I try to get that one last hit in? And, and you know, am, I'm, I'm there broken and, and maimed, but victorious. So I, I like those moments a lot. And I feel like all those systems of, of you know, negative hit points or death saves, they remove them completely. You don't get that moment. I, uh, I, I, uh, I, I feel that, and I've had, as a player, I've had bad experiences with the same kind of thing. I feel that the, the negative 10 countdown timer is among the worst rules, right? So, so hitting a particular number and then also being able to predict that specifically eight rounds later, I will be dead. Um, that's, uh, that's frankly a very bad rule, actually. And again, they kind of backed into it by accident, right? It was an option on top of an option first edition. It wasn't really thought out super well. I, I do like death saves better than that. And in my own, you know, in my own variant uh, OED campaign, I do have one death save at zero hit points. So you hit hip, zero hit points and hit, you get one single saving throw that you're either knocked out or you're dead. Um, and the decision, no one can step in. And for me, it's a moment of um, uh, uh, you know, like, like a horror movie, basically, of when you hit zero, it's out of your control. For, for me, it's specifically mm. you hit you all the things that you were possibly in your control were happening before you hit zero. Once zero happens, it's entirely out of your hands, player. There's nothing at this moment. There's nothing you can do. There's going to be a die roll, an oracular die roll that's going to tell us whether whether your your character is is uh, is expired or not. And you're going to you're going to feel the, the horror of that die roll because you can't do anything about it. Um, no. I will, I will point out, so I think, I think my system that I'm using has kind of, was kind of inspired by playing a lot of Warhammer Fantasy uh, RPG, right? Probably mostly second edition, um, because that comes up a lot in Warhammer Fantasy RPG. There's a whole system for these critical hits that do, you know, you're rolling on tables and crazy things happen to your character. And there's a certain amount of glee of, the, of that system, even though it's terrible, right? Even though the, the things <laughs> happening to your character are awful, right? There is a certain enjoyment, you know, a certain weird kind of like, I don't know, it's like Schadenfreude, but on yourself because it's your own character. I don't, I don't know exactly what it is, right? But players do seem to enjoy like, oh, let's see what horrible thing happens to my character. And for what it's worth, my my injury charts, yeah, they have things like, oh, you sprained your wrist. Oh, you broke your leg. Your, your, your foot gets chopped off. But they also have like, your head gets chopped off. Or you get stabbed so grievously in the in the chest that you're bleeding out and you have three rounds to live. Before, you know, you're, you're in a pool of blood, bleeding out, totally unable to move. You have three rounds for someone to save you or you're gone. So those, they're rare, but those extreme injuries exist in my chart. So it is possible, one hit, you go down, 
bad roll of the injury chart, you're just dead. Good. Uh, that exists. I just like it to be a little more rare, and I like I like to have those those moments again. Those moments of drama for me are important yeah. for me of of the players. And I've had some very dramatic moments where players hit that point of go, okay, I'm at zero. I rolled really well on the injury chart, right? So it's just a very minor thing I could push through. But now I'm and, and, and just to be clear, uh, my rule is that once you're in that mode, any further damage you sustain will kill you absolutely. Okay. You don't get to roll on the injury chart multiple times. Roll on the injury okay. chart once, the next hit, you're dead. So then I have that moment of panic or, 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 or you know, things are going badly in this combat, but also the enemy is also not doing well. Should I stick it out? Should I? I'm, gonna, I'm all in, right? You get that all in moment. I'm pushing all the chips right, into the right, side right, of the table. Right, I'm right. going to swing yeah. again. Forget it. Either I'm dying right. or he's dying. One of us is dying right. here today. Right. right. Okay. Okay. And I love That's those. I love those moments. That's a good yeah, play. Yeah, yeah I, like that. I like that a lot. Could I touch back? I love that. Could I touch back on the um, the what are hit points? Because we because of course I, yeah, I knew yeah. this. We I I spark right. I lit a fuse in the in the in the show in the chat right. And so okay. I I want to I want to go back and I want to um, also just the idea of frankly neg tracking negative numbers is frankly not good in the game right. And I'm like you know. Negative numbers are great, but I mean, even historic, right? Even 400 years ago, like professional mathematicians would would complain about the outrageous idea of negative numbers. They're not, they're not, you know, they're not pretty to look at or for people to think about, frankly. So, just you know, the negative hit point rule was even on the just the, just using negatives wasn't fantastic. But so, if you if I look at you know, original D and D was very curt, right? It didn't give flavor descriptions of these terms, hit points or damage. I, th I think the intention was just normal language usage of what hit means or what a person being damaged means. So you go to first edition and Gygax does write quite a bit of text trying to explain this um, for his, you know, his thinking at the time in 1977 and 79. And you get a section both in the player's handbook and the DM's guide trying to give a sense of what they mean by hit points in, in first edition, at least. And so, for example, like I'm just going to read uh, one single sentence out of the, the, the player's handbook version. Um, under character hit points in the player's handbook, it says, um, a certain amount of these hit points represent the actual physical punishment which can be sustained. The remainder, a significant, por a significant portion of hit points at higher levels, stands for skill, luck, and or magical factors. So the fact that some of your hit points represent <laughs> non-physical stuff, that's, that's in there from the start. Totally agreed, yeah. right? Skill, luck, magical factors, absolutely. But it's not entirely that. It's not entirely. Some of your hit points are definitely your actual physical structure. More so at lower levels, right? Less so at higher levels. So the hit points you gain at higher levels more and more represent these these supernatural luck factors um and then the you know granted and then the dm's guide kind of says the same thing and I, I have that uh image uh with the whatever the last color i used was the the green yep. <laughs> the yep, green dotted it. image so so here is uh, two out of the three or four paragraphs in the dm's guide and the first paragraph makes the same point that some of your hit, some of all, some proportion of your hit points are physical, and it also makes the interest. That first paragraph also makes the more, the point that 
that more so your constitution bonus. It kind of basically says that whatever points you're getting from your constitution bonus are clearly specifically physical stuff, right? And then and then other stuff is is other stuff. And so the second the last paragraph here has an example is consider a character who's a 10th level fighter with a maximum 18 constitution. And so on average, this 10th level fighter is going to have 95 hit points, right? Which is which is, you know, several big war horses or, or two <laughs> elephants or something like that, technically. Yeah, yeah, so it says yeah. each hit scored upon the character <clears throat> does only a small amount of actual physical harm. Now, my point is, it's still saying that each hit scores some physical harm, right? It doesn't yeah. say that the hit points at the top level are no physical harm. It doesn't say the top hit points are entirely fatigue or entirely skill or luck. It says each hit scores a small amount of physical harm for every single hit, right? And it says that that, that you know things that would have killed a first level fighter, this fighter is is dodging because of skill, luck, or whatever. And it says, however, having sustained forty or fifty hit points of damage, our lordly fighter will be covered with a number of nicks and scratches and cuts and bruises. It will require a long period of rest and recuperation to regain the physical and metaphysical peak of their full hit points. So for, for me, this is the hat that I wear, right, coming to the first edition game, is that hit points were some amount of hits. No, they're not entirely physically being run through a sword 10 or 12 times, but they, they are making, you know, if you're in a martial arts class or something like that, making contact and being able to roll with it and not taking a severe injury. But my you know my take on the game has been every single hit from a poison weapon or a giant scorpion you have to save versus poison you're getting scratched with poison right every single you know contact from an undead creature can 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 zap a level out of you so there so for me every hit is some amount of physical contact some kind of physical scratch and um yes for higher level characters those scratches and bruises are smaller per yeah. hit um, but it's, it's always some kind of physical, some yeah. kind of possibly small physical harm. I mean, you make, you make a really good point about pointing out stuff like poison, right? If you're fighting a poisonous snake, right? Presumably it's got venom in its fangs. The poison effect happens because it bit you, the venom got into your bloodstream, and you're making the saving throw to see whether or not you can endure it or if it kills you, right? And so the idea that, you know, some of your hit points are fatigue or, or just exhaustion, right? Then, then it starts to question that of, Oh well, I'm I'm my full ninety five hit points. I only took five hit points of damage from that from that you know cobra bite. Do I really have to save versus poison? I think he he technically missed, right? No, he didn't. He did bite you, right? You got a scratch. Did, was were we very lucky and the poison got in your bloodstream, or is it superficial? Um, so I think that's I think I think you're absolutely right. Like you have to assume that every hit is a hit, right, in some way, and you can certainly spin it. Um, and I think what what, what gets people in a twist about this is how vague that is, right? Some amount, some portion, what sure. portion, sure. right? Sure. If I am sure. a 95 hit point character and I get stabbed by a goblin and he rolls minimum damage and I only take one hit point of damage, what actually just happened, right? <laughs> right. Um, so personally, as DM, I enjoy that. I enjoy taking those variables in and adding that to my description, right? Oftentimes I will just in this, in the, course of running a game as, as we're running combat as players make hits and they say okay I, I hit him i do 12 points of damage i'll describe it 
and I'll say, oh, this happens, this happens, right? And I'll be a little more cinematic about it and interpret some of those things of, well, it, you know, you took this much damage, so this, this thing must have happened. And you know what? Um, I will say that I've taken this, this text here that we're looking at in first edition, and I have tried to systematize it. I actually have tried to come up with a math formula for as you yeah. progress through the levels, how, what proportion of your hit points is physical versus non-physical supernatural stuff. And I couldn't make a coherent system out of it, frankly. Yeah. Um, okay. so, uh, and, and of course you don't really want that, right? This is, this is something where you do need, just like you're saying, DM interpretive guidance about what's happening. Um, that uh, really doesn't surprise me at all. Um, you know, and, and I'll put it, there are other systems out there that do incorporate alternate rules or whole, totally different systems for, for the concept mm -hmm. of fatigue, right? Uh, in fact, right. when I was writing fearful ends, uh, the rules for fearful ends, the core rules of just how do skills work, how do attributes work, whatnot. A lot of that was inspired by Savage Worlds, which was the game I was using for my horror games prior. And Savage Worlds has a whole uh, system for fatigue that is totally separate from moves, right? And I love right. Savage Worlds, especially right. for its ability to really minimize, like, you have, like, three wound levels and you're dead at the end. There's no scaling. There's no nothing, right? Three, three hits and you're dead. And there's something just delightfully elegant to that for me. But then they have a whole separate system of like, well, I don't know, maybe your character goes without sleep or is trudging across a desert or whatnot. And you want to experience that. Um, so originally I lifted that and put and had a fatigue system in Fearful Ends and I got rid of it. I got rid of it because it's complicated. It's weird. It's hard to wrap your brain around. Why not just use the existing wounding system? How different is it of becoming dehydrated for walking through a desert for a week versus uh, getting stabbed by a goblin spear. Why? We can still just call that hit points, right? I I've, I made the same evolution in my DMing, Paul. There was there was a while where I I, I had separate tracks for things, and I made the ex I came to the exact same conclusion that these should just be wrapped into you know hit points, which are representing physical ailments, but some kind of physical wound. Yeah. Um, I, I think I, I think at one point I was doing, and someone suggested this early in the chat. I think I was doing like ability damage or something like that. And I'm like, why, why am I why am I doing this? Um, um, and and I also wrap all that stuff into hit points as well. And I'm very I'm much happier with it now. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what other systems have fatigue in it. And I, I know that certainly there are other ones that have it, but, but Savage Rolls is the one that jumps out at me. Like, you know, it's an extra... Of course, you know, at the outset of D&D, &D, right, Chainmail has fatigue rules, right? So Chainmail has yeah. fatigue rules, and then you also have in the fantasy supplement that heroes or superheroes need to be hit four or eight times or some other types of monsters. And they're not, they're not tacking on fatigue, right? They're not, they're not integrating with the fatigue rules. And I'm pretty sure that uh, right, fifth edition has fatigue rules, right? Which is separate from hit points. Oh crap! I right, they have fatigue levels. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fifth edition has fatigue levels, and they also have hit points. So if someone, you know, the interpretation that fifth edition D and D hit points are just being tired, I'm like, well, then what's this fatigue rule business for? Because there's two well, totally I different tracks for that. And and it and the the rate of healing now really screws you, right? Because if if you say if you don't have fatigue in fifth edition D and D, and you are just deducting hit points because you're like, why not? That sounds. Paul told me to just use hit points. That sounds great. Do that. 
And then your players say, great, well, at the end of each day of trudging through the desert, I sleep and I get a long rest and all my hit points come back. So I can infinitely right. trudge through the desert. Right. Uh, <laughs> right. Right. Because of the and fast healing. With, right. You know, with the slow healing and with our descriptions we've used, Dan, I feel like it's very easy for me to say I can run an OD&D game where the players are trudging through a desert. And I say, okay, well, every day you trudge through the desert with, you know, going to cost you some number, maybe a hit point, maybe a d6, a hit point, something, whatever I decide it is. Great, you lose, lose a couple hit points today. Cool. We, we go to sleep. I'm like, well, that, that doesn't count as rest for the sake of healing, because you're in, a, in a, an environment that isn't conducive to healing. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And it wasn't a whole day, right? Even that got shifted over time. To begin with, it was like, you need a whole day of complete rest. And then it became, uh, you need eight hours of sleep. Well, that's different. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you yeah. need eight hours. You need you need a day where you're kind of taking it easy on your horse travel. That's very different. So I, I agree that this this really syncs up with those kinds of uh, those kinds of issues in the campaign that I care about. You know, I will say as a as a as a parting shot. You know, ironically, um, the uh, cartoon that many the the online uh, comic that many of us have adored uh, for quite some time, Order of the Stick, right, which has been around for twenty years now, un unbelievably. Um, uh, seems to be coming to sort of to a conclusion uh, sometime in the near future, I think. And so they, they, I think just like the the, the strip that they had last week, um, gave a little bit of a coda of a callback to the very first couple of strips that they ever did twenty week twenty years ago, where they are again uh, in a dungeon, walking through a tunnel, and then rapping about meta issues of the rules of D&D, which is how that cartoon really started making jokes about the rules themselves. So one more time, like I, I, the feeling I get is, is, and this was just last week, one last time, we're gonna do that same gag about talk about the crazy rules of D&D. And the last gag was, have you ever thought about hit points? <laughs> ever thought about hit points? Because it's kind of funny, they're called hit points, but they're not really about being hit. And all six different characters have this debate about what hit points are supposed to mean, uh, right? And then one of your new NPCs at the end goes, is this, do they normally do this? As they walk down the <laughs> tunnel debating hit points. So I highly recommend that you, if you haven't seen that, go see the last Order of the Stick cartoon and yeah. see this debate about hit points because it, it was there at the beginning and here we're still having it now. <laughs> That's hilarious. I will definitely go check that out. I, I um, huh. I, I did not realize that Order of the Stick was still ongoing. And now I'm, I'm super curious. Is there a moment in Order of the Stick where they transfer from third edition to fourth or fifth? They, uh, they, they, they never did. They, they got away, as, as some folks in the chat are saying, the very first strip was a joke about shifting from 3.0, 3.5. Generally speaking, the strip got away from that type of humor. They, they stopped gotcha. talking mostly about meta issues and got more into like the, the presence in this actual world. So the, the fact that they, they, they went back to this kind of joke one more time has, has yeah. is very unusual for the last several yeah. years. They never talked I mean, about it. I, su I super want to read it. Sadly, sadly, unfortunately, that's probably why I stopped reading the strip because I really enjoyed the, uh, <laughs> making fun of the system. But, uh, <laughs> Great. That's enough about Great. order of the stick. Dan, we are out of time. Do you have any final thoughts on natural healing in D&D? I, this is it, it's it's one of the the biggest most uh, amazing changes in the system over time. Again, I can't think of anything 
that has that has uh, with almost mathematical precision exponentially changed from edition to edition to be a hundred times different than where it started. And it's something that for outside the dungeon, for making the campaign reasonable, I much prefer the real that some kind of realistic rule uh, like they started with where it would take maybe a month, uh, like around a month for injuries that you would get in combat from being chewed on or hit by an axe or something like that. So I dial it a little, you know, I dial it around to something that I think makes taste uh, is tasteful for my campaign. But I, I much prefer in this particular case, I much prefer some kind of more realistic slow healing. And I, I like interpreting hit points is as always some some kind of actual physical injury to some degree. And for me, it makes my campaign go at a reasonable pace. Time passes, season passes. And it's funny how much this, what you would think is not a very important rule, natural healing, very much drives the pace of my campaign. So yeah. I would recommend yeah. that people think about that and dial that to a level that they that they feel is reasonable. It's, it's a good point. And I, I definitely, I mean, I use a very similar uh, healing rate or I probably just use OED as written. Um, having trouble thinking of what I do, actually. But anyway, regardless, something very similar to that. And I also like how it drives the the, the advancement of game time. I very much appreciate that in my game. Um, I also like the idea of every hit does involve physical contact in some way. But conversely, I also really like the idea of what is one hit point being a little vague, right? Like, I'm okay with it being that some of it's physical, some of it's just fatigue or luck or whatever, and that there's no math for it. And that uh, I, on the fly, hit by hit, hit point by hit point, can decide what it represents. Definitely. Like yep, you want that. Like I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Totally yeah. agree. Viewers, if you have any opinions on what is a hit point, uh, what rate should we naturally heal at, um, or how, how the rate of healing can affect the overall timescale of your campaign, leave us a comment here in the YouTube video comment section. We'd love to hear from you. Maybe your thoughts will provoke a new discussion for a future episode. Yeah, definitely. And of course, remember that you can like, follow, and subscribe to us. We're on YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, GitHub, and TikTok. We have the handle Wandering DMs on all those sites. So look for this there, and you'll get updates on upcoming shows. If you prefer to listen to our show in audio-only podcast format, you can do so. Those podcasts are available at our website at wanderingdms.com. Also through various podcast carriers, such as iTunes and Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Cast, um, a variety of others. If you're listening to the show right now on one of those podcast carriers and they offer the ability to do so, please rate and review our show. That helps other users of that site find us and we really appreciate it. We really do. And huge thanks to our patrons who support the show here. If you'd like to join them, please visit patreon.com slash wandering DMs. And uh, you go to Patreon and you'll see our different tiers and our different benefits, in particular access to our Discord server where the conversation is happening all the time. Um, and we get ideas for upcoming shows and things like that. And uh, also the after party chat, like Paul mentioned at the top of the show, and we'll be there in about 10 minutes. And um, if you have additional ideas or things that we meant to say in the show that we remember in the next 10 minutes, uh, we'll be talking about that in the next hour on our Discord live chat. So we'll look forward to seeing people there. Um, uh, upcoming this week, I'm actually going to be off uh, this Thursday. We have uh, temporarily put uh, Book of War uh, shows uh, on hiatus for the moment. And um, uh, I will be uh, out this Thursday just as a little side note. 
uh, someone that has appeared on the uh, the show a number of times, uh, Brooklyn-based fine artist Isabel Garbani is the lead in an off-Broadway play here in New York that opens Thursday night. So um, if you're if you're near New York and you have any interest in seeing that, I've got a link on our Discord server to um, to what that show is and where you can get tickets. So uh, Paul and I will plan to be back next uh, next Sunday, and we'll be talking about some things that are very interesting to both of us. Isn't that right, Paul? I, yeah, if I can if I can tease it a little bit, actually, yeah, you can definitely expect next week to hear us talk probably about some topic relating to horror. Uh, we might dive a little bit into the upcoming Fearful Ends because it is our last chance to do so before the Kickstarter launches. That's right, you heard it here. Kickstarter is coming uh, a little more than a week from now. It should launch live. We're looking forward to that. And we're probably going to dig into horror subjects all through the month of October, uh, quite likely. Uh, so I have been uh, looking forward to, uh, to getting to that and to uh, me personally finding out more about Fearful Ends along the way. So thanks for that, Paul. Awesome. Yeah, fantastic. Looking forward to it. So don't forget, we are live every Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, and we hope you'll join us again next week for another thought-provoking discussion. We'll see you then. Brilliant, all right? Brilliant, yeah. Brilliant. Oh boy. <laughs>